Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and today we're going to talk about doing what you can do to not overcomplicate sector analysis. And this email today that I got comes from a guy, we'll call him Otis for his Florida redneck name because I don't give people's real names out just in case it, this podcast is out there a lot longer than they prefer their name to be out there. So I always give people a fake name. So Otis writes, hey Ryan, hope you're doing well. This is your longtime podcast listener, French Canadian, living in Tasmania, Australia. Thank you for doing an episode on my last email. I have another topic that I was hoping that you could provide some insight on. What are the actual variables or workflow that you use to look at ETS to identify industry and sector strength weakness and to identify when they may be going through a rotation? I feel like I am overcomplicating my workflow by looking at too many different variables. For example, looking at things like absolute strength over a period of time, one, three, six, and 12 months, relative strength, over a time period, one, three, six, and 12 months, pattern setting up on the ETF chart, relative strength line or score versus spy on the benchmark strength and weakness of weekly closing bars, relative volume, etc. Woo! Any help in improving my workflow would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for all the great insight that you provide. Sincerely, Otis. Okay, Otis. I got lost a little bit in that email there with all the different things that he's tracking relative to sector analysis. I would say this. Boil it down to this. What and why, let's just focus on the why. Why do I do sector analysis on the stock market? Why do I pay attention to it? Why do I even care about it? Why do I evaluate it? And that simple answer is, is to get the best stocks within the best industries and sectors, which thereby increases my odds for success in trading. I'm not usually trading the individual sectors. Sometimes I will if there's a really good setup there, but most of the time I'm just using it as a benchmark for determining which areas of the stock market I want to be trading in because you can have a strong market, but doesn't necessarily mean all the sectors are participating in it. In fact, until November, the market overall was up on the year, but there was only three sectors that were trading higher on the year. The other eight were all trading lower. And right now you still have two sectors that have not broken even yet on the year. For instance, if you got into energy, you're hurting in the energy front. Energy is not positive on the year. But if you were of the belief that the market was going up, but you weren't really caring too much about what sectors were going to go up as well, and you held that trade from January 1st up until now, you haven't made any money in doing so. So sector analysis is important. It's very important. But what I'm concerned about here with Otis is that he is way over complicating sector analysis. And by the fact that he's writing me about it, I think he gets it too. He realizes that he's overcomplicating it. His workflow is very intense. And maybe he's 
smart enough to be able to handle all that stuff. For me personally, it would overwhelm me. I don't need that much going on when I'm doing the sector analysis. So it goes back to why are we doing it? Why are we evaluating it? One, to get the best stocks within the best sectors and to increase our odds for success. If anything that we're doing is not directly leading us to that end, then don't do it. It makes zero sense to do it. And it all goes back to a top-down trading strategy that I use in all my trades. I want to get the best stocks to trade that are within the best industries, and those industries are in the best sectors, and those sectors are reflective of the direction of the overall market. And in my case, it's usually SPY and QQQ. One of the things, too, is I have a tool that I use within StockCharts.com, and within that tool, you have like a quadrant. You have leading, lagging, improving, and weakening. So in the top right corner, you have leading. In the top left, you have improving. In the bottom left, you have lagging. And in the bottom right, you have weakening. So obviously, lagging and leading are the two strongest and weakest categories. And improving means you're getting closer and closer to leading, and weakening means you're getting closer and closer to lagging. And I like to follow the different sectors within those quadrants relative to the S&P 500. Now, if you're in the lagging category, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going higher with the market. It just means that you're not going as high as the other sectors are going or as high as the market in general. And the sectors that I track are the spiders ETFs. That's going to be XLB, that for materials, XLC for communications, XLE for energy, and XLF for financials, and XLI for industrials. XLV for healthcare, XLP for staples, XLRE for real estate, XLK for technology, XLU for utilities. I may be leaving one or two out. I think I got out the, the good chunk of them, right? XLP, yeah, I think I got them all. So I'm following those 11 sectors. And those 11 sectors, I'm going to focus on the ones that are doing the best. So that requires me to do technical analysis on the charts. Now, He's talking about looking at things from one, three, six, and 12-month periods of relative strength. Look, most of my charts, most of my trades, I should say, are going to last one to three weeks. That's about the average. Yes, I can get one that lasts a couple of months. If it happens, that's great. It usually means it's a great winner. But when it comes to sector analysis, when I'm getting into it, I really care about what the sectors are doing right now. I don't care if they were bullish three weeks ago and now they're starting to struggle. No, I want to be getting into something that's going to be bullish right away. Why? Because if it's not bullish right away and I'm getting into a stock with a 3% stop loss, there's a good chance that I'm going to be stopped out fairly quickly. And I really don't like being stopped out. Now, that doesn't mean that I only base my technical analysis off of what I've seen over the last few weeks. I mean, I could be trading a stock that's pulled back to a rising trend line that goes back three years. And in that case, if it's going to bounce off of that rising trend line that goes back three years, I'm fine with that. But when it comes to sector analysis, I want to make sure that the stocks that I'm getting into in their respective sectors that the sectors are actually bouncing or that they're taking off or that they're going in the direction that I'm trading. And in the case of shorting, I want them to be pointing lower. And when I'm also looking at the sectors, I'm also being very cognizant about how overbought and oversold they are because if the sector starts to get overbought, that could weigh, even if like, for instance, if I'm getting into Goldman Sachs or Citigroup and the stock looks great, great setups, not overbought at all. So then if the sector starts to pull back, that could have a huge influence on individual banking stock that I get into. So I want to be cognizant of the oversold, overbought levels. I want to be cognizant of the fact of, you know, what kind of support levels it's bouncing off of. But I also want to make sure that it's trending in the right direction because I don't want to get into a stock that has a great setup, but the whole sector has just been trending lower and lower and lower over the last week. 
makes no sense to because there's a good chance that that's going to affect the actual stock itself and, and probably not make it have the kind of results that I'm seeking after. Also, one thing I would tell you to do is check out swingtradeinthestockmarket.com. Swingtradeinthestockmarket.com is a really an incredible service that goes alongside of this podcast. With it, you're going to get all my stock market research each and every day. That's going to include my daily watch list, the stocks that I'm looking to trade, plus the weekly bullish and bearish master watch list updates that I send out at the start of each week. Plus, you're going to be getting updates on all the big tech stocks. That's your Meta, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Tesla. And you're going to be getting updates on all of the market indices, including the S&P 500, the NASDAQ 100, and the Russell 2000. So check that out, swingtradeinthestockmarket.com, and you're supporting the podcast in the process. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now the other thing I would probably say to Otis here, and if he's this overcomplicated on just a sector analysis, it'd probably be a good thing to go and look at how much complication there is in the overall trading as well. Are you doing the same kind of stuff where you're just inundating yourself with indicators and analysis? Because in the end, the more analysis that you get, it's going to become harder and harder to find a trade that meets any kind of requirement to trade. And also when you're making trades, the most important aspects of any trade is price and volume. So that should really be the main focus on any analysis, including in sector analysis as well. Price and volume has to cooperate with your trades. Indicators can say all they want. If there isn't a setup with an edge when you're looking at price analysis, then that's probably going to be a difficult trade to succeed on. Now, it doesn't mean that it can't succeed. I mean, we see stocks all the time. They're in the middle of a complete free fall and in the on a stop of a dime, it reverses and goes right back up. It happens. But my trading can't be based on what I hope that it will do or hope that it could do. Yeah, stocks can do anything. But what I want to do is find the best opportunities to succeed, the stocks that are setting up with the best edge for potential rewards, and stay away from the ones that are too much of a mystery to figure out. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would encourage you to leave a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. Plus, check out swingtradeinthestockmarket.com and keep sending me your emails, brian at sharepoint.com. I do read them all, and I do make episodes out of them all, so be sure to send them my way. Thank you, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer trading block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. 
All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.